Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Man, y'all look good. Y'all look good. I hope you're in a life group. Uh, like, I, like they said, there's a couple meetings tonight, so uh, you can jump in, get in where you fit in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, today, this is different. Usually, I do stand up. If it's your first time here, this is not a lazy church. It's an intentional one. And so... Um, what we're doing is we're come we're going to come come together and we're going to talk about some kind of things that are on our heart. We have been in this series called entitled called and we I really feel like it's been great for our church because I, I do believe there's got to be sermons that we do that are for the lost because, you know, people go to church and it's just a natural moment for people to say, hey, come to church with me. And so we're going to do those sermon series that are uh, not deep in theology, but they're just pointing people to Christ, pointing people to the fact that they can be redeemed and pointing people that broken things can be overcome. Amen. Is that good? But I also think there needs to be time for those people who have been in the faith for a while. And come on, we got to keep that fire hot. We got to keep loving Jesus and, and keep growing in our faith. And so this sermon series has been more for those of you who have been you know, you have been saved and maybe you did, you were baptized and, and come on, we just going to have a little, uh, uh, a, a little moment where we kind of inspect us. Is that good? Can we do that? Can we do that? Where, where we're calling in, uh, people to look over the books of our heart. Come on, an auditor. And we're going to see how well we're doing because here's the thing. We are called and we are the ones to make a difference in Northwest Arkansas, in our jobs, with our kids, we're the ones to make a difference. And here's the deal. If our fire goes out, then it makes God look like to unbelievers, he doesn't have any power. And he does. And he does. And so, like I said, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the called. And, and, and I believe that it's important as believers that we know who we are. We know who we are. Our world is full of people trying to find themselves. They're going on journeys and backpacks and uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're doing all that they can do to find themselves when truth is, I want our church to know, and, and if you're a believer here, and even if you're a non-believer, here is what I want you to know and you, I want you to hear it from us. Your issue and your struggle is not your title. Your issue and your struggle is not your title. That is just the part that we overcome in order to share Christ with other people. And there is always this overcoming component to our faith. Listen, listen. There is no offense that has to face, every offense has to face a defense. Every hero faces an adversary. Every overcomer, come on, faces adversity. And every believer is tempted and has to walk through trials. And I think that if we don't understand that, then we have this notion where I come to church and everything should be better and easy. And so we get discouraged when I, I did the prayer, I did the, the, the dip, I, I, I got the stuff, I did got the tools, I did all the stuff, and my life is still hard. 
And listen, I don't know about you, but if someone sells me windows, I expect those windows not to leak. And so I came to church and I got what they sold and I, my life's been harder. And I think that what we've got to do is we've got to work through how to win in our life. And our assignment today is you're equipped to win. You're equipped to win. I know that, you know, when you go through a hard season and, 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 and anybody, anybody this year had a hard season, come on, come on, raise your hand. All right, here's the one thing about hard seasons. You're either like, yes, I'm not in one <laughs> because you remember the last one or you're like, oh, I'm in it. And, and I, there are three things. I think you're either about to go through one, you're in one, or you just went through one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're not in one, pray for the one to the left and right of you. Because they're probably in one. Their smile is just because um, they love Jesus, not because it's real. Um, listen, this morning I want to speak directly to those thoughts by opening up the word and, and, and strengthening our faith. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Little children, you are from God, and you have overcome them. For he who is in you, what does it say? Is what? Come on, say it like there's uh, over 100 people in the room. Okay, that was, come on, we have in church now. Listen, for he who is greater is in you than he that is in the world. Now, let me just give you just a little bit of theology so that we can understand why this verse is important. God created man, put him in the garden. God gave the dominion and title of everything that he created to man and said, you're in charge, you can have it. I give all of this to you, but you have to obey me. And God had a tree in the garden of, of Eden and he said, you can eat of everything you want, but this tree, don't eat it. Well, you know, come on, well, we all want the one thing we can't have, right? And so they went, they ate the fruit and because of that, they gave up their right to be in charge of the world. Now, people are, well, who's in charge of the world? Well, here's the deal. The enemy has the right to this world. But here is what the Bible says. Greater is he that is in you because here's the deal. While the enemy may own the world, God put the Holy Spirit in us so that we could overcome the enemy. I love God because anytime you think you're going to win, he's going to be like, boom, I got something else for you. Does that make sense? And for you to understand that, because why was there fall? Why is there injustice? Why can we not have peace? Why, can, why is there wars? Why, why is there all this stuff? Is because the ruler of this world that's what he does, kills, steals, and destroys. But God in us is more powerful than the enemy who wants to control us. Does that make sense? Okay, okay. There are two key points in this verse that we need to know. First, the, this verse tells us who we are and what we've been given. And it's easy with, when we go through hard seasons to have the wrong thoughts. Hard seasons can hinder our breakthrough and produce bad fruit if we let it. Here's a thought that I want us to think about. Our beliefs determine 
the level of our breakthrough. Now, I'm gonna say that again. Your beliefs determine the level of your breakthrough. And I wanna give you this pattern that we should all know, but I wanna help you understand this just a little bit better. Beliefs produce thoughts, thoughts produce actions, and actions produce results. This is life. Belief produces thoughts, thoughts produce actions, and actions produce results. So as we begin to, to, to look at this, our life is a representation, check this out, of what we believe, not just what we think. Because what, and it all comes down to, do we believe that God is, or do we believe that God is? Do we believe that God is just, that he loves us, that he cares about us, that, that, or, or do we believe that he's hard and that he's distant and unapproachable? Does that make sense? What we believe about God frames our thoughts, produces our actions, and then ultimately yields results. And oftentimes I think that, you know, it's easy to think, that everything in our life just happens to us and we have no control over it. But many things in our life, we, if we will ask ourselves what we believe, we'll find out why that result happened. Yeah, right. And it all comes back to the root of our belief system and what we choose to believe. You know, obviously we can look at that in um, different ways, whether positive or negative, but in every area of our life, we're believing something. So for instance, in our marriage, if we believe that we're unwanted, then what is that going to do? That makes us think insecurity and that causes us to have bad responses. And therefore, then we have this irreconcilable conflict that continues and continues and continues. And so in our parenting, you know, if we believe that God created every life, then that means we believe our child is a blessing and a gift from God. Then we prioritize raising them. And then even though it's hard, and even though they may not always look like a blessing or act like a blessing, Come we on, believe that they are created by God, and we think they are a blessing, and therefore we have joy in our home. Mm. You know, in, in our finances, if we believe that God is our source, then we think he is going to provide. And then we, in our actions, we trust him, and then we experience the result of peace in our life and our finances. You know, we can see this in our relationship with God. If we believe God is a hard father, then I think that, you know, it produces fear and it causes us to work hard for his approval. And then we go through life feeling like we're never good enough. Never good enough. We go to life group, we go to church, we read the Bible, we pray, but we're always under this guilt of shame and shame that blankets over our life if we believe he's hard. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing mm -hmm. enough. And so here's the deal. We do want you to serve because here's the thing. We don't want you to serve because God will be happy with you. We want you to serve because everybody needs a place to grow their giftings. But we're not wanting you to serve and be a part and give and tithe and do all the things that we feel like are spiritual disciplines. We don't want you to do that so God will be like, oh, I'm so, I love you now. Anytime we're obedient to him, it begins to unlock freedom in our life. Right. 
Does that it's make a result of freedom. Absolutely. Like the result is good things, good fruit in our lives. You know, when Stephen and my four kids got in the car accident in May, they got hit head on. Um, I believe, I mean, I remember in that moment, we did not know if Stephen and my oldest daughter, Hallie, were going to make it at that time. And my pastor in Texarkana, um, told me, he said, these are the days that we have to live out what we believe. And in that moment, not knowing the outcome of what was going to happen, you know, I, I, I remember thinking that was exactly what I needed to hear. You know, I needed to remember that what I believe matters right now in this moment. You know, it will make the, all the difference in the world, what I think and how I act and what the result will be. Because ultimately, I believe I signed up for this life regardless if I have good days or bad days. Come on. And I believe his plan is good for me, even if I don't, I ha, I don't know what the outcome will be. See, a lot of times we base our connection and love for God based on how it feels in the present moment. And that's why you got to know what you believe because the Bible says there are going to be rain. There's going to be storms. The storms are going to fall on the just and the unjust. But if you don't know what you believe, then when the storm comes, come on somebody, then you respond out of whatever you've been meditating, whatever you've been thinking. If nobody likes me and nobody, God's not there and he he likes everybody else. Look, he's doing something great for y'all, but he's not doing anything great for me. Well, when pressure comes, what comes out of that is really what we believe about God. And I think that the word says to take captive our thoughts into the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But I think that one of the reasons why it talks about our thoughts in that scripture is because that our thoughts are the first indicator to help us see what we believe. And so as Christians, God is saying, don't let a thought come without making sure that it agrees with what you believe. Because that thought will produce an action that produces a result. And so as Christians, the more we grow in him, the more we recognize those thoughts that are not agreeing with what we believe and we take those captive. But see, the sad thing is, is sometimes if we don't, what we'll do is we'll take them captive in our action and the consequences are still having to be paid for. And so we have to be careful to make sure we let our thoughts be an indicator to say, hey, that, that is not what we need to believe. That's one of the reasons that well, I'm never going. You're never going to hear me bash someone who like had a drug addiction or battles with homosexuality or battles with sin because that's an action. That's three steps down the road. We got to go back to thoughts, and then we got to go back to what you believe. And and did you connect with someone along the road that shattered a belief that God needs to heal? Because way too many times we're trying to fix an action when really that action is just a product. Come on, does that make sense? Of what we believe and what we've chosen to believe about God when really let's let's come all the way back over here and let's talk. Let's talk about this and let's talk about what God has done and what God has built and what God has created. And did God mess up? Did God make us to where, well, you know, he created this and he just left us. Or do we need to change what we believe? And I think that ultimately, this uh, our assignment today is to help the called be equipped to win. That's right. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But I do want to set up the preface of the fact that he wants us to win because he loves us. 
That's right. He That's loves right. us so much, he's going to equip us to win. That's right. And he, the two points that we're going to make today is that we have to apply his word and we have to spend time in prayer to be able to be equipped to win. And I believe that his word is a part of his gift of love to us, that he didn't leave us here to just figure it out on our own, but he gave us his word to be able to be applied so that we can win. We have a way to win. And then he also made a way to have a relationship with him and be able to have communication with him through prayer. And so these are ways we can win. And he provided that because he loves us. See, here's the thing is that God does not agree with our thoughts. I know that's weird because we're, we're Americans. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, you, you've been learning since you were like six years old. Your thoughts matter. Your thoughts matter. You're, and I get that. But what you need to understand is if God came under your thoughts, you would be the absolute authority. God sees his ways are much higher than our ways. And the truth is when we surrender our ways to his thoughts, then we can produce his fruit. We saw this play out with, with our youngest son playing football. And uh, so we're going to talk about two things, applying the word and spending time in prayer. And so uh, we, we were seeing this play out because our, our youngest son had this idea, Dad, I want to play football. Okay, great. You want to play football. And in his mind, it was the jersey. Come on. It was the crowd. It was wearing uniform. It was, it may have been even chilly. I don't know. But, but, it, I mean, but it, was the, it, was, it was the excitement of scoring and people yelling and screaming and calling his name. The only problem is, there was there was there was two issues is he didn't want to feel any pain and he didn't want to give any pain now if you haven't played much football those are not two good things to i mean you got to want to give some off and you have to take some and so here's what happened is we were going through two weeks of practice and he was just kind of like you know, I mean, it was like we were going through the motions, but we really weren't getting better. And so it finally got to the point where you're like, I'm watching and, you know, it's like we all live vicariously through our children. So it's like, be better because I wasn't, you know, but, but <laughs> <laughs> you've been there, huh? And so... And so I'm like, okay, and, and finally it came down to it, and I was like, okay, we gotta have a talk. You know, it's Sexton team meeting. Come on, Coach Sexton, come, come in. We're gonna have a talk. And I was like, bro, I, I, I love you, and if if football is not your thing, that's great. But I feel like we just like are wearing a jersey, and so um, if you want a jersey, I'll go buy you one. But to be on the team, you've got to like do something that helps the team. And he was like, okay. And I said, what's going on? And he was like, well, I'm scared. And I was like, great, let's go talk to the coach. You wanna talk to the coach? He's like, I don't wanna talk to the coach. I said, well, if you don't talk to the coach, then I, I don't know how we can move forward. He goes, okay, I'll talk to the coach. So I walk him over there and the coach is like, yeah, Sexton. <laughs> and, and my son is like, I'm scared. I just got to cry. And I'm like, I wasn't ready for that. Like when it was me and you, we were just like, I'm scared. But it was you and him. It was like, 
And so, and so the coach is like, hey, buddy, it's okay. And, and he's like, now we can start playing. And so here's what happened. That moment of connection began to open a dialogue that Sage could begin to hear the instruction of the coach and actually apply what the coach was saying. In other words, he was in the practice hearing it, but he wasn't doing it because what he believed was wrong. I'm going to get hurt. And so it is possible for the word to go forth and you have excellent church attendance and miss it. Many have called me Lord, Lord. They prophesied and cast out demons in my name, but I never knew them because they missed it because ultimately they did not believe. Does this make sense? Here's what I'm saying is that once he began to communicate and draw near the coach and up, listen to what he was saying, he began to start hitting. We stayed 15 minutes after every practice. And finally, he started like starting laying out people. And I'm like, yeah. And, and, and I, I realized I was the one that messed him up because he grew up in a Christian home. And I was like, don't hit, don't hit, don't hit. And now I'm like, destroy him. You know what I'm saying? And so it was all my fault. I get it. It was all on me. I'm sending warped messages. I realize we probably need counseling. But, but, and so I'm like, oh, we got to turn on this, this lion. But he couldn't do it until he applied what the coach was saying and had a connection. And we want to talk about applying the word and how to spend time in prayer. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. It says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Come on, who wants to be thoroughly equipped? Yes. Okay? All right. Let me just, who wants to be thoroughly equipped in money? <laughs> I knew I'd get some amens. Okay, who wants to be thoroughly equipped in having a great marriage? Who wants to be thoroughly, well, we could do this all day long. It's not that kind of a church. But here's the thing. Here's what you need to see. Look at this. It says profitable for doctrine. That's where he starts it. You've got to know what you believe. And you've got to get that from not just, hmm, what do I believe? Because here's the deal. It's what does he believe? And we, imi we imitate what he believes. Look at this. Reproof. What does reproof mean? Reproof means disapproval. Okay? Now, listen. We are a Love Me Jesus fan club too. But I got four kids. And sometimes when they are in the mud and they bring that mud into the house. Come on, somebody. We do not approve. When my oldest son begins to just beat up my youngest son and I'm trying to do something and I hear these high-pitched screams that annoy me, come on, somebody. Listen, I do not approve. And I think that because of man's arrogance, we, tr we forget that just because God loves us, he always approves and he doesn't there are some times when he says come on that attitude ain't gonna work for you yeah. you you a king's kid yeah. we're going to change that's a little toxic 
no, no, no. You, you cannot be okay watching that and allowing it to enter your heart. Come on, we, we got to take a step up. You know what? We cannot be, not because we're under the law. I'm not trying to like put up the law walls, but, but I am saying that there are moments that the scripture verse should say, this is not what my best for you. Because we know that he approves us as a person, but he can disapprove of our action because he knows that that's not ultimately good for us. It's always out of the heart of love. Correction. It says correction. Come on. Correction means a change of course. I was going one way and I repented and I changed courses. Instruction in righteousness. It says, does that what it says on the wall? Come on. Does that what it says? Well, I thought we were totally righteous in Christ. Yes, but we're still working out. Listen, just because our soul has been redeemed and our spirit has been made new, our mind still needs some instruction. That's not righteous. That's righteous. You can't think that and produce this. Does that make sense? It's basically, he's instructing us how to live. He's giving us the ABCs. He's helping us do it the way that it will work. And here's the deal. If we do this, if we do it this way, it'll work and it'll produce great things and you will be settled and you will become complete. And when the storm comes, you will feel it, but it will not break you. That's right. That's right. You will stand. You will stand. As we look through this, listen, we don't just read the word, we apply it to our life. Application is where the rubber meets the road. It is where truth moves from theoretical to practical. Come on, you may be the greatest poet, the greatest, you know, love generate, romance just seeps from you. You know what I'm saying? When you pick up the pen and the notebook, girl, good, good girl. That's a little Milly Vanilli for you. Listen, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter how much is in you if you don't do it. Doing it is the separator. I've heard it said, and I think they're going to put this up on the screen. A Bible open for observation and interpretation without application is simply... A decoration. Come on. I'm reading the word. I'm reading the word. I'm reading the word. Great. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you what makes people crazy. People who consume a great amount of biblical knowledge but don't have a prayer life become hard and religious and you need to just do the rules. People who just pray and have no biblical understanding, get way emotional, and they feel like whatever I'm praying is good, but God gave us the word so that we could be held in balance and we could pray his word over, come on, our life. Is this good? Yes. And that's why it's so important to know what God declares. There's some that he declares it. This is in the word. We just have to line our beliefs up with it. And some of those are, there is sin. There is redemption. These are truth. This is not subjective. That we have to, as Christians, all agree to believe in because this is not something that is negotiable. Uh, There is grace. 
There is favor. There is hope. There is love. There are our absolutes. There's right and wrong. And there are both natural and supernatural works. We believe in a supernatural God that intervenes with our natural world. And he can use both the natural and the supernatural to bring him glory. You know, we must believe God's ways are true and will produce the right type of results. I believe that God's way works. It may not work overnight, but it does work. And I have to apply that and live it out even in the hardest times. Because we're an instant society. So we're like, I went to church for a year and it didn't work. Well, but you were really, really messed up. We all are. We all have been there. I'm 43 years old in this, and I still have, oh, God, take that from me. That's a wrong thought. There are times that I'm like, I get frustrated with my wife, or she gets frustrated with me, and I'm like, I should be further along, but I'm not where I used to be. Come on. I'm not where I'm going to be. I'm in the process of growth and transformation. Does that make sense? One of the things that we believe is that heaven is real. That when you accept Jesus as your Lord and you, he is your, your God, your, your absolute truth, then he, there, when we die, we go to heaven. And, you know, just this last year when Tia got sick, my third child, um, and we got to the hospital and they said, we're doing everything we can for her, but we don't know if she's going to make it. And I remember it being so hard. And then in May, my kids got in the accident, the head-on collision. And um, I remember when Hallie was unconscious and started vomiting and and having a seizure and um, the whole hospital rushed into the room because they knew that when a child does that that is not good Um, she had a a skull fracture and a brain bleed and um, from the accident and I just I just through all of that we told our kids the reality of what a miracle their life was and we we went ahead and told them what the doctor said and told them the situation and told them how God saved their life. Because I wanted them to know that, that that prayer works and that God saved them. But then I also started seeing some fear, residual fear and fear of death and just things that they were saying. And so I had to sit them all down and just say, listen, guys, if y'all would have all died that day, if Tia would have died that day, that would not have been the worst thing that would have happened. Because we believe that heaven is better than this earth. And we believe that if Jesus is the Lord of your life, then there is, there's no fear in death. And so I told them the worst thing is, is that for somebody on this earth, not to accept Jesus as their Lord. And that is why we do what we do. And that is why we live out what we believe. And we let God use the hard times and the good times to bring glory to him. Because I know that someone is watching and someone is going to hear the good news and accept him and not have to be afraid to die. And so that is a part of how we have to know what we believe. So when we are faced in that situation, that we choose to believe something that's going to produce the right thoughts, produce the right actions, and we're going to reap the results of the good fruit that he's promised us. You know, here's the thing. Come on. That's good. That's good. Listen, that does not mean that we don't mourn. The Bible teaches us we mourn with those who mourn. it's, It's emotional. But... Heaven's better than this. That's right. And we're going to something. We're not, this is not just morality training practice. Right. Church is way more than morality training. You know, church is way more than, you know, don't overdose, don't sleep with someone. Don't, um, the church is way more than that. And if we reduce that to these small little insignificant things, then we've lost the power of what's really happening. Right. 
Here's the thing, is that God has a great plan for us. And we are here momentarily. And we are going somewhere that's far, far better. Far better than just this world. And that, my mom passed away two weeks ago. And I mourned. I, 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 floods of emotions came back. And, but the truth of the matter is, I know where she's at. And because we were able to have that conversation, I mean, there, what type of life is sitting in a bed struggling? Come on, she running. She's hang, she hanging out with Jesus and Elvis, I'm telling you. I mean, I, I mean the, the, the reality is, I, I, I mean, she... We don't fear death. We don't fear this. For us, here's the thing. The God's way works. Look at all the personalities that were in the Bible. There were introverts and extroverts. God turned a, a murderer into a minister. Don't ever think for a second that you're too far gone and that God cannot change your life because he can. We have to learn the word because we have to declare his promises. See, here's the thing. There are some things that are, that are conditional, and there are some things that are unconditional. His love is unconditional, but some of his promises are conditional. And so for us to reap the results that we want, come on, we've got to apply the word. The last thing is this, and we're going to spend a couple, just a couple minutes, not because we don't have a lot to say about it, but because I want to respect your time. James chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That means join a life group. That's right. Life okay. groups are right, in the right Bible. That, that, that's the SS translation. Uh, if you read the chapter, you really will think, that's my life group. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person. Can I just stop? I just want to, I just need to stop. I, I know we got to get out of here. Please believe in healing. Yes. Because it just says this. And it does not say. Look at this. If you confess your sins to someone. Now, let me tell you. You have to confess your sin to the right people. <laughs> yeah. Don't go up to anybody. Hey, I really have these issues. <laughs> but you find someone who, who loves you. Who won't judge you who's for your success. And you just be like, here's where I'm struggling. I, I, I've been walking on this side of the water cooler because there's a girl I'm attracted to. And if I don't tell you about it, I know what result's gonna happen. You know what? I've been Facebooking this guy from high school. If I don't confess this, it may grow into something. You know what? With our money, I've been I've been spending money on things that my wife doesn't even know about. I need to confess. Come on, come on. Yes. See, you want to be healed? You got to do it God's way. That's right. You want to produce the fruit? You got to do it God's way. Yes. As we look at this, go ahead and read this real quick. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. So we pray for the hogs in Jesus' name. Oh, it's just so good. 
Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And I think it's important to see how he was pointing out the fact that Elijah was had the nature of us, the same nature. And so he was using Elijah, whom we look at in the Word and see he was a superhero for God, but he was just a regular guy. And he prayed. Called. He was called, and he prayed, and his prayers were powerful. And you know. Obviously, we cannot be righteous enough to have powerful prayers, but Jesus made us righteous. So that means when you pray, Come on. your prayers are powerful, not because you're powerful, but because you're praying to God whom you believe is who he says he is. That's good. And so it is important for what, what we believe who God is. That's how our prayers get answered. You know, Stephen's mom was a great example of this. She was by no means a perfect person, but she was a praying person and we are reaping the benefits and seeing the answered prayer. Even now, after she has gone to be with Jesus, that she, God used her prayers. She was called, she prayed and God used them to affect other people's lives. Here's why you got to get the word in you and pray. And it has to be simultaneous because here's the deal. God's word does not come back void. If you will pray what works, it will work in you. Prayer isn't just for a crisis. Come on, 9-11 hit, everybody went to church. Everybody was praying. Come on, prayer isn't just for a crisis. Prayer changes what we see. It changes what we see. It settles what we feel. Prayer does that. Prayer, when you go and bring the word to God, there's an exchange that happens and he begins to take your burdens and he gives you light. He gives you, you you start and begin to feel light. Listen, don't allow your faith to be robbed. Our hope and our connection to God cannot be tied to our present circumstances. God is bigger than those. We must believe even when we don't see We must believe even when we don't see. And I believe Satan is horrified by the God in you. He doesn't want you to pray. He wants you to be offended and discouraged and mad. He wants you to think that God is distant and there is no connection. He wants you to feel like you're just going to church and you're you're just one of the people. Because he doesn't want to see anything powerful coming from your life. Just because you haven't done it yet. Listen, just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean it's been denied we pray we pray the last thing I want to say is this God will never force you to meet with him God doesn't force he feels and so if you will meet with him he will begin to fill you and he will begin to transform you and that's why it's important for us to meet with God regularly statistically it says that the church prays less than 21 minutes a month is it any wonder why we don't see the power of a risen savior because we have dead relationships. Here's what I'm saying, is that God wants to fill you. And if you feel lost, if you feel lonely or disconnected, today, God wants to get you back on the field and he wants you to score because you're called. Jeremiah 33.3, maybe read this for me. 
Call to me and I'll answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. What's hidden that God wants to begin to reveal to you about your future, about your mate, about your destiny, about who you're going to marry? Come on, all of these things. God has things. Meet with him. Don't be too busy. Come on. Connect with him. Y'all stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.